my mic back. <laughs> a little loud there. <laughs> no, I need this one. Hey, uh, good morning, guys. He's just stealing my mic, that's all. I want my mic back. So, um, hey, hey, before we get started, I actually want to introduce you to somebody here uh, from our Southwest District. Those of you who don't know, we're a part of the Foursquare family of churches. It's a denomination, but it's a tribe. You know, it's a, it's a missional community, and, uh, and we are part of what's called the Southwest District. Anyways, so I want to invite you, Kelly Fellows, come on up here. He's a representative from our district, and he's, he's here to greet us this morning. Thank you, Dave. Yeah. It's like we're going to have a little coffee here. Yeah. Well, why did, why did you bring the coffee? Conversation. I drank it before I got here. I'm sorry. It was so <laughs> Me too. good. Yeah. Actually, I had to have... I had to have something with my Donut Man donut. Yeah. Since I came he all came the way to over donut here Man. to Glendora. That's really why he came here to that go to is, Donut I, Man. That is, I came in Glendora. Hey, there's a church around here somewhere. So. <laughs> Actually, knew I knew there was a donut place because I've heard of the church, and I That's figured right. I'd find That's that right. donut place somewhere That's around this right. church. World famous new community. Well, welcome. I, I, I'm glad. I, I appreciate the welcome that I received. Thank you. It was great to be greeted by such friendly people. Gina got to greet me uh, outside. Thank you, Gina. And uh, those of you who... Uh, welcomed, me, welcomed me so warmly. It's obvious that this is a community um, where people can come and feel comfortable, feel welcomed. I didn't feel like an outsider. I felt like part of the family. And uh, it's kind of fun for me to get to come into churches. I've, I've been a Christian for 25 years. I've been a minister for uh, 24 of those years. I immediately wow. got into ministry right away. And um, it, I, I love coming into churches and seeing, okay, how am I going to be treated as a visitor? Because it reminds me, we, we have a great opportunity when people first come into our church. Each of us, every single person plays an important role in helping people feel comfortable, feel welcomed, yep. and that they can belong before they believe. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's good. That word. they can be part of the family. Speaking of family, you mentioned Foursquare. I actually represent... Um, the 1,600 Foursquare churches here in the United States. We have 1,600 of those. Uh, around the world, we have almost 80,000 Foursquare yep. churches Thank around God. the globe right now. So there are literally hundreds of thousands of people who are gathering right now in a Foursquare church somewhere in the world who are hearing the hope of Jesus Christ, yeah. hearing that Jesus is Savior, yep. that he can heal their minds, their bodies, their emotions, their relationships, that he baptizes with the power of the Holy Spirit yep. to empower them to be everything God's created them to be and acknowledging that he is the soon-coming king. So we can't just sit back. we got to be doing stuff about it, yeah. right? we got to be about his business. Amen. And so uh, I'm, I'm glad to get to welcome you, and I also feel welcomed by being a part of our Foursquare family. David, you had said, um, I'm part of the Southwest District, and that's right. There are 200 churches in the Southwest region of the United States that are part of the Southwest District of Foursquare churches. We kind of run from the foothills here, down into Orange County and into San Diego, out into the desert, all the way to the Las Vegas and the uh, Southern Nevada area, Um, and, and, and then all the way out into the state of Arizona and a little small sliver of Utah. I think we have three churches out in the, in the Utah oh. area, three four-square churches. Cool. So there's 200 four-square churches in the southwest region. And my role and responsibility is to get to, to go and care for those churches, care for the pastors, hang out with them, uh, be, a, be a resource to churches to help them grow and to provide leadership development for churches. So, in a sense, I get to minister to the ministers. I get to lead the leaders. I get to pastor the pastors. And what a privilege it is to do that. Um, Can I do one little quick thing that has nothing to do with anything that I talked about? 
I felt led of the Lord as I was worshiping here. I felt the spirit and the presence of the Lord was very evident here this morning. Can anybody acknowledge that they sense the spirit of the Lord? Amen. And as I was as I was worshiping with you and as I was acknowledging the presence of the Lord, I heard the Lord begin to speak something. And I believe it's prophetic for this congregation mm-hmm. and for a few people. Um, oh, she's right here. What's your name? Come here, Trinity. Would you stand here for just a second? Matter of fact, I'm going to come down here because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a giant. I'm going to have you sit up here on this for just a second. Can you jump up there for a minute? How many of you guys appreciated Trinity this morning? Yeah. David, why don't you come on over here? I'm doing something that is completely out of the norm of what we had planned for. Trinity, how old are you? Nine. You're nine years old. Could you guys hear Trinity singing? Oh, yeah. Trinity, you have an incredible gift. You have been given a great gift. You sang beautifully there. And you weren't just singing words. It sounded like it was coming from your heart. Oh, yeah. Was that true? Amen. You know something, Trinity? Um, as I was sitting there worshiping, I sensed the Lord had a word for you. And a word is he wanted to encourage you. And it actually comes, it's a word that was spoken over a guy named Jeremiah over 2,000 years ago. About 2,700 years ago, there was a guy named Jeremiah. And God had spoken to Jeremiah and said, Jeremiah, I knit you and I formed you in your mother's womb. And I anointed you to be a prophet to the nations. And I believe and I declare that the Lord is speaking that over you today, Trinity, that you be a prophet to the nations and a prophet to your generation. Now, Jeremiah responded this way. He said, I'm too young, God. Uh, uh, you can't use me. And you know what God said? He goes, don't say you're too young. You'll go where I tell you to go. Mm-hmm. And you'll say what I tell you to say. And Jeremiah was a great prophet, yep. not only to his generation, but to future generations, including ours. Would you guys, would you pray over Trinity that that yep. word would come to pass Thank in her you, life? Lord. Lord, I thank you so much that you formed and knit together Trinity that you created her in her mother's womb for a purpose. She was purposefully made, and she will live a life of purpose. And I declare in the name of Jesus Christ that she would be a voice to this nation and to this generation. That, Lord God, you would use her gifts and talents and abilities for your glory and your honor. Use her, Lord. We anoint her, and we declare that all that you've created her for will be realized in her lifetime. That you would experience all your promises to the fullest. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Is this mom and dad? Grandma and grandpa, thank you for letting me bring her up here. I appreciate that. Trinity. Trinity. Awesome. Give Trinity a hand, would you guys? Sorry, I had to take just a moment to do that. Whenever the Lord speaks, I got to respond to the Lord. You know what? We we were singing that song, I'll go where you tell me to go. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll say what you tell me to say. Remember those words? We were singing those words. Isn't it exciting when the Lord says, I got a young lady and she's going to go wherever I tell her to go. Amen. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Well, Pastor Dave, thanks for welcoming me. I'm glad to be here with you. Thanks, Kelly. Appreciate it. Glad you're here. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, got some big news for you this morning, so I'm glad you guys are here. Um, the, uh, we've been learning in this series that Jesus is our Lord, and uh, been teaching you how to be led by the Spirit and how to uh, obey the voice of the Lord. 
And this morning, I, I don't have a sermon for you. I'm the sermon, all right? I'm the, I'm the sermon. I want to tell you a story, and I think you guys will catch on quick what the Lord is uh, saying and what He's doing. But I have a, uh, got a story to tell you, and uh, flow with me here. A lot of details to cover. So, Father, I just pray uh, that uh, not only would you, uh, your grace be upon this time, uh, but, Lord, I pray that what you're doing in me and in this church, Lord, would be so evident, and that as we sang today, our, I pray, Father, that our faith would be in you and uh, our trust, our hope would be in you, Lord. So, Father, I pray, open ears to hear, eyes to see, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, God is doing such amazing things in this church, isn't he? When you go to a worship meeting, like last night they had a worship meeting, and the worship leaders are worshiping, you know you got a great church, right? The presence of God. It's amazing when people are stepping out in this church to go and do the work of Jesus, seeing healing planting a Spanish church, or it's amazing when leaders are rising up and we have 11 some life groups and such. This, uh, I don't think the church has uh, ever been healthier or had greater momentum, and the vision that God has shown me, the vision that God has been working in our hearts is coming to pass. It's amazing. About April or May, of this year, right around Easter, a little bit probably after Easter, um, I had a dream from the Lord. I had a couple of dreams from the Lord, but one of them was uh, more significant uh, for me than the others. The other dreams were for other people. And uh, in that dream, I was with Michelle, and there was a couple of things going on, but we walked through a courtyard and into uh, the morning you know, sunlight, and there was a, like a park, like a big green grass. We were standing under uh, the St. Louis Arch, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, he said, this is your city, and, uh, and uh, I felt the compassion of God come on me. I began to pray for that city, God's unfailing love over that city. And um, I woke up, and I heard the Lord begin to speak to me about planting churches in St. Louis. <clears throat> and uh, I saw, I saw what he wanted to do. I heard his voice. I heard the timing, because I didn't really, I, obviously the moment I woke up, I was kind of like, what? What are you talking about? And so he began to dialogue with me because I didn't really want, I didn't understand, I didn't, it's hard for me to embrace. Well, despite how clear the Lord was, I really had a hard time embracing it and really for sure knowing that that was the Lord. Not because it wasn't clear, but because I was scared. I could not even imagine what he was saying. Um... Most of you know, I've been at this church for 17 years. This is my family. (laughs) 
more than you know, many of you know, this is my family. And uh, been the senior pastor for seven years. Uh, I love this church. I love what God is doing in this church, sir. And um, uh, no one could have told me to go anywhere else. No one could have ever offered me anything else. I'm not led by those things. Not wrong if somebody had got an opportunity and it was God, but that's just not me. Uh, but I wrestled with it. God is doing such great things in this church. And I just couldn't understand what was going on. Uh, and so I wrestled with it. I, I, I didn't even tell Michelle at first for a couple of weeks. I remember we talked in May and, you know, her first response was, you know, the, was, whoa, you know, Jesus is calling us. Uh, she trusts me in that regard. I think she sensed the presence of the Lord too. But then we went home and we talked about it and we got really freaked out. <laughs> really freaked out. She was like, no, that's the enemy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't know. And the reality is, is that, again, I didn't think it wasn't God. I was just hoping for a confirmation or maybe he'd tell me it wasn't him. Or you know, I don't want to tell anyone because I don't want to be crazy. And um, so I didn't say anything for a long time. And I just told Michelle, I said, we just need to just wait on the Lord. And I was hoping God would talk to her or it would be a confirmation or something. And you know, um, not that the Lord doesn't do those things. But He's the Lord, isn't He? So... I was praying, I was saying, Lord, I'm open, I'm open, I'll do whatever you want, I'll go, I'll stay, what do you want, make it clear, help me, Lord, I'll do whatever you want. And there were some areas where I probably needed to, to you know, just kind of release to him. Um, and I just kept doing that, but I wasn't really surrendered to the Lord. You know, some of you have asked me recently, as we've been pressing into God, you've asked me, you say, you know, how do you know if it's God, you know, like, how do you know? Like, you know, you're sorting these things out and you know, you're trying to discern in your spirit. He doesn't always speak, like, audibly. He'll, he'll lead us gently by his spirit. Some of you have asked me, how do you know? And I'll tell you, I've stepped out in faith on things that were less clear than this. One of the things I've told a few people recently, and I probably have been learning this lesson, but I remember months ago, some people asked me that. How do you, you know, how, how can you really be sure? I said, sometimes you just can't. Be sure you, but here's what I said. I remember saying, uh, sometimes you don't know until you surrender. I realized that I wanted to know and I wanted to be in control. I wanted certainty. I realized that that wasn't right. Well, at the Rock Conference in July, mid-July, uh, you know, I talked to Pastor Jerry Dearman, who's a covering for us and a um, for me, mentor for me, and Kimberly Dearman, who's our district supervisor, and a man named John Wiley, who's a pastor in Missouri, Kansas City. 
And I just happened to talk with them, and we were just being honest. We felt like we could trust them. I had felt led to talk with Pastor Jerry about this. Um, and uh, we, told him, we told them the dream, and I always tell people that Jerry just laughed. You just laugh at me? No. I think he laughed because, uh, just like everyone else, nobody expected it, including myself. And, uh, and he laughed because he knows what the voice of the Lord is like. He knows what happens when God says go. So he kind of chuckled, and he's so gracious, and Kimberly and John Wiley, but uh, my wife was thinking, how come they're not telling my husband that he's crazy? And it's because uh, I think they could discern the, what God was doing. And they could tell that we were really struggling. They, didn't, they, don't, they don't push any, they don't force any, they don't tell you what to believe. But Jerry asked me a question, though, and I knew it already. I'd already been talking to God about it. He said, if, if you just had to guess, you just had to guess, you know, if you just right now, which way are you leaning, whether it was God or not, or what you should do. And I looked at Jerry, and I said, if I'm honest, it's the Lord. I wasn't surrendered, but I already knew. And um, I was just telling the Lord, you know, how can I, be like Paul, Moses, Abraham, David, Jesus. How can I lead this church and call us to be a people who give our lives for the kingdom, hear God and do what he says? I said, I, I, I have to do this. Well, right there at the rock conference, I walked out of lunch. I walked into the afternoon session, and Chad Budlong, who usually teaches the word, Excellently, he said, I don't have a teaching for you today. I have a prophetic word. He began to prophesy. And I began to weep. His word was for multiple people, I'm sure, as the word of the Lord often is. But it cut me to the heart. I believe the first thing he said was, you're about to do something you thought you never would. And I, I heard the Lord. Time. Time to let go. And I wept. First, I wept because I repented. I said, Lord, I'm sorry I didn't surrender. He was patient, of course. He knows. But there's a point at which you just do what He says. And that moment, I surrendered. And I wasn't afraid anymore. I tell you, I don't think my heart was there yet. I was thinking about how much I love you guys and all that. But all the unknowns didn't matter. Nothing changed in the sense that uh, people still, what are you guys going to do? I don't know. I have no idea. But I wasn't afraid anymore. Something that happens when you surrender, the things that you know God is saying becomes very clear. And I cried, I wept before the Lord, I repented. He did say some things to me at that time. And He's so near, He's so near in a transition, He's so near when we'll surrender. And He's continued to affirm many times to me when I've struggled with anxiety a little bit or with coming to talk to you. I know I'm in obedience to the Lord. 
My wife, she's heard the Lord. It's, it's hard. It's surreal. Emotions get in there. Sometimes, you know, people ask me, even my wife, are, are, you, are you sure? Let me tell you something. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to all you that I love if I wasn't sure. You've got to understand that my tears are not because I, I doubt God. Tears are because I love you. See, If you don't know this, some of you are new to our church. We love you. We're so glad. Some of you have been around forever with me. Some of you have come to the Lord here, serving God. Some of you have seen breakthrough in your life here. So 110% committed to this church, and I wasn't going anywhere. Never thought I'd go anywhere. Thought we'd send people out, multiply churches. I didn't know I'd be the one to go out. Didn't know that. Never. You know, John Paul and Nancy, we, we, we live with Michelle's parents. We love them. They're such a support. I remember said, when you asked me if I planned to be here, we prayed. I didn't lie. But I planned. <laughs> and I believe the Lord was in that. It's not like it was wrong that we lived together. And I appreciate John Paul and Nancy for listening to the Lord and celebrating with us. And it's not easy, but... They're seeking the Lord's will as well about what God's saying. They didn't make me feel guilty or something like that, you know? They understand you've got to obey God. Appreciate that. There's only one reason I'm going to St. Louis. I'm going to leave my family there. Because I'm going to obey Jesus. Now already the Lord giving me vision for St. Louis... I love that city. I'll love that city. But my family's not there, you know? I don't know them yet. The Lord will do great things. He'll bless us. But you've got to understand, I mean, I'll lay it all down. I, I, I just I want you to understand, you need to know that, uh, that when I talk about truly embracing that Jesus is Lord, Jesus is the head of the church. That he calls us to forsake everything. What do you do when you lose everything for Christ? And then he blesses you. You leave everything. And you find a family like this. You leave everything. And he blesses you beyond beyond what you could ever have done in your own human effort. And then he says, lay it all down. I'll tell you what you do. You'll do it again. And it's worth it. I don't care about houses, California weather. A little... I'm not making this up when I say I will start at zero. Because we live for a kingdom that is eternal and there are people who need to hear the gospel. And I am absolutely confident the Lord will bless 
me. And so I cry because I love the Lord. But I cry because I've had to offer the Lord a sacrifice. Do not think that my tears are unbelief. Grieving is not wrong. It is actually the right thing. I've had to come to that place where in my heart I have to surrender to the Lord and follow Him. But it's an amazing experience when Jesus, I never expected this, when Jesus meets you in a dream, And he says to you, this is your city. You know, we say that Jesus is building his church, right? He's the head of his church. In fact, I've tried to often say to uh, you, who's the pastor? Say Jesus. But it really tests whether we believe that or not, doesn't it? In fact, I really appreciated Margie leading us sing to God in faith this morning like we always do he is good right many of you were going through storms and changes and you didn't know that this was coming but we sang it is well we will trust you if you say walk on water we will walk on water I'll tell you I don't know if I've ever been in this place before I am convinced the Lord will take care of everything there are people who don't understand our faith. And they will speak to me with fear sometimes and say, well, what about your kids? And what about this? And education? And what about money? And what about this? And with them, I have to be careful not to just say, I don't know. Makes you sound irresponsible when I'm really not. But guess what? I don't know. Where are you going to live? I don't know. And I'm not worried at all. Because if Jesus said to do it, it's all taken care of. And I refuse to, to be afraid. It tests whether we believe that Jesus is the pastor of this church. Whether he's the head of the church or not, right? Right? It tests whether you trust that if he's calling me to St. Louis, then he's also going to do something so powerful here that it would be the blessing of God for St. Louis and the blessing of God for a new community. See, if we really believe that this is the Lord, and I know you're still trying to catch up with me, but I just need you to hear some words of faith, okay? I know sometimes it's hard to hear it from me. You can talk about it with each other and process it as well, but just you need to hear that if Jesus 
is calling me to go to St. Louis, and he knows there are people there who need him. It's a hurting city. And he showed me what he wants there. And all Michelle and I will be fruitful there. But that also means that he's the head of his church and he knows what he's doing here. Amen? And you can trust the Lord. You can trust the Lord. I was thinking about uh, a pastor named Ralph Moore. Amazing. I look up to this man. He's, he's older now and he's planted many churches. In fact, he has helped me just by reading his books with the vision of our own church. Not that I got it from him, but that when I listened to Ralph, it's kind of like, stop waiting and just do it. And that's why. We don't wait on money around here. We don't wait on size or a building. Oh, praise God, he'll bring a building and such for this church. Things that I have believed God for this church, they're not going to stop. It's not about me. The things I have declared, they're not about me. God will do it. But it's, there's a reason why. We just go out and do it. We don't even really know what we're doing sometimes. But we're like, okay, fine, let's go reach a neighborhood. Let's go plant a Spanish church. Let's do it. Well, this guy, this na- guy named Ralph Moore, I thought about it the other day. I realized he started a church in Hermosa Beach years ago in the Jesus movement. And he was all about multiplying churches, even then. He said he didn't have a ton of faith back then. He thought, I'll plant 10 in my life. Ironically, that's probably what I think too. And he didn't know. But after planting that church in Hermosa Beach, God sent him to Hawaii. Not Missouri. Hawaii. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. God sent him to Hawaii. And that church sent him. Sent him. And he planted a church in Hawaii. And he has since planted hundreds of churches that those churches plant hundreds of churches. And the church in Hermosa Beach plants churches. I don't even know the numbers. Go Google it. Hope Chapel. It's a four-square movement. See, four-square is a movement of movements. And the Lord is calling Michelle and I, not to plant a church, but churches in St. Louis. When I woke up from that dream, the Lord said and showed me, we'll impact the community, we'll plant churches. What does that mean? We'll plant one church, it'll be a multiplying church. But don't you find it interesting? I didn't plan this. I'm not abandoning this church. I wasn't looking for other options. I wasn't like, oh Lord, what do you want me to do? I was doing what God called me to do. And then he said, now you go do that over there. And you have an opportunity as a church to send us. I know transition can be hard. I know that loss can be hard. I always hated it when people left. Well, I understand how it feels. I do. I have to obey the Lord. And I'm sure He's going to do something powerful. So what is it about what God's doing here in this moment? 
It's not just about, oh, this is going to be hard for a couple of months. It can be a hard transition at times. But if you'll embrace what God is doing, whether you've been here forever, you're new here, whether you don't like transition, you'd rather just, I'll leave. No, don't leave. If I can ask you for anything, don't leave. Don't pull away. Don't just say it's easier to not feel. No. It's actually better and healthier to feel the loss and to give it to God and to rejoice in the midst of that. That this is for His kingdom. It is a loss. Some of you might be happy I'm going, but most of you, I know you feel the way I do. That it is a sacrifice for the Lord. And I'm not saying we're Hermosa Beach, Hope Chapel and all that. But what could the Lord be doing to release the potential of this church? Because what I have declared over this church will not fail. This church will be fruitful and multiply. It will fulfill the calling of God. That God has put on this church. You will fulfill the calling of God. And listen, I've asked God, and I don't have to ask Him anymore. He said, you don't have to ask me. I declare it to you. Not let me be put to shame. God will do something. Continue to do something through this church. And God will cause what He wants to be done in St. Louis. I mean, I've told you guys about the Moravians, they experienced revival. They're living in, it was an old 1700s community of believers. They experienced revival. They loved each other. 24-hour prayer meetings, seeking the Lord, loving Jesus together. It's a beautiful community. And it was one of the first modern missions movements. This little community just started sending families out to the nations, and they transformed the world they gave almost everybody away to the world. I cannot imagine back then they couldn't. Many of them even, there were some who sold themselves into slavery for the gospel in this country in the 1700s. They were the catalyst for revival in England and in our country. We don't hear about them, but you've got to understand like revivals that we think are like amazing, they're like the ones behind it. They had to give themselves away. They had to say goodbye. You know what I'm saying? But it's worth it. Because if we don't, I was talking to Dan, and Dan echoed something that I felt. If I didn't obey God, it wouldn't be good for this church, would it? I love this church but I'm not the one who decides what is the right thing. If I didn't obey God, how could I live as a model before you, right? And whatever God is doing in here, it would not continue, would it? So although I know it's got to be hard and some of you grieving in different ways, and I know you still need to process this, so believe me, we're... I'm not trying to rush you. If I didn't do what God said, everything you love about our church or us, it wouldn't be there. 
anyways. Make sense? It's got to be the Lord. I mean, in my own life, the only reason I live in the blessing of God is because I seek first the kingdom. I've told you that. How could I not? How could I stop seeking first the kingdom? Now, let me give you some, some timeline and some details here. The Lord did not tell me one day you'll plant churches in St. Louis. He didn't say that. One of the things that freaked me out was when I woke up, He began to speak to me. He said, this year. It just sounded like the craziest thing in, to me. Probably sounds like the craziest thing to you too. And, um, but when I surrendered to the Lord in July, I mean, I surrendered. And I thought I'd be in a moving van in December. It was that serious. And I just said, okay, no idea what's next, but I'll pack up everything, I'll leave everything, I'll sell everything, and I'll go and I'll move my family to St. Louis. Um, and so uh, what happened was in August, I um, began to process these things. And it wasn't time for me to tell you, but now is the time. I mean, I pray I've done it the right way. It's been a very difficult weekend, emotional weekend. I've talked to the leaders, the council, and uh, it's, been, it's been difficult. But I believe it's the right thing. That, as I've sought the Lord, I believe that I need to transition the leadership of this church by December. Maybe probably early December, but I haven't pin that down completely. I have to release the leadership of this church to whoever's next so that this church can move forward time. Or that will be the time, December. This church will not go down. This church will not lose momentum. It doesn't have to. People don't need to leave. But we can pull together and see what God's going to do through this. But I can't, uh, in obedience to the Lord, I can't just stay and hold on like I would want to. And like some have, well, couldn't you do this? Couldn't you do that? Yes, I could, but I believe I'd be disobedient. Now what happened over August, and it wasn't really until September that these things were solidified, is knowing that I would just, I would just go to St. Louis, the Lord will provide, trusting completely in the Lord, Yet I had this sense to talk to Pastor Jerry Dearman and have a dialogue about, with him about church planting. And I asked him if we might plant through the rock. And I'm just, I just knew that it wasn't because like, oh, I'm scared or I need finances or I don't even know if they'll give any finances. I don't, people have asked me, I have no idea and I don't care. Or not care, but I'm not worried about it. But I asked them that because of the way that they've been a partner to us and a covering and because of what I believe about the apostolic covering of the rock to us and to me. Our church isn't necessarily ready to financially send us off or, you know what I mean, plant a, a church in that way. But we are ready for you to send us and to support us and to pray and bring mission teams over and such. So Pastor Jerry, he invited us to come and plant a rock church. And I told him that I needed to transition leadership in December 
that I, I thought I needed to be in Missouri by January. And he came back and he said, well, would you consider, would you pray about being at the Rock for at Janu- in January and then, uh, and then in the summer we would send you, so probably July or August. And I prayed. That was a big one because I didn't want to be disobedient to the Lord. He wasn't asking me. I was asking him, right? I mean, it was Jerry was asking me about January because of what I had heard from the Lord, right? It wasn't like Jerry trying to steal me away. And I prayed about it, Michelle and I separately, but I said, Lord, is that disobedient? Do you want me in Missouri? And I felt the Lord very clearly, more than once, said, no, this is right, this is wise, you're being obedient. In fact, Michelle, later, like, like a month later, <laughs> or I don't know, a couple of weeks later, we hadn't really talked about it, and she said that she heard the same thing when she was like, Lord, what do you want us to do? And she heard the Lord that, no, you're being obedient. And that's what we want. We want to be obedient to him. And so, uh, so we're, we're going to go into a season where we're going to be kind of strategizing, preparing to plant, and we'll move probably in August, and we'll start planning a church. Uh, but we probably need some time to prepare. And so, right now, until December, I'm still your pastor. I'm not going anywhere. You need to understand, and you know this about me, I will give you my 110%. I will not pull away. I will love you and I will pour myself into this church and I will do everything I can in what God has graced me to do to make sure Christmas is strong, the momentum of this church continues, and to help transition this church and the leadership of this church. You can trust me to do that. But I, in obedience to the Lord, I have to release the transition, the leadership in December so that whoever is called to take this church can take it to the next level. If I kept holding on, I don't think it would be right. And then Michelle and I can then begin to focus on St. Louis. Right now, I'll pray for St. Louis. I have some vision from the Lord. But really, I'm not focused on that yet. I can't be. The Lord knows that. Right now, I'm shepherding here. I haven't left yet. Emotionally or spiritually, I'm here. My heart is here. And I will shepherd us through this the right way, the best I can. And so I want you to trust. I want you to trust me. I want you to trust the leaders of this church. There are leaders in this church, life group leaders, ministry leaders, leaders. I want you to trust them. Not trust them necessarily, but trust the Lord to lead them. But trust them in the sense of their trustworthiness and their character. You can trust. You can trust that the kids will continue to be discipled. That we will continue to be a church that worships God and encounters His presence. That you will continue to have discipleship and the Word of God coming into your heart, right? That this church will continue to reach out into the community and grow. The leaders of this church, they do so much. Really, it's not about me. It's really about what God is doing through us. And you can trust that doesn't have to change. You can trust. I'm asking you, don't just leave or don't just like check out on us. I won't pull away. I'm asking you, don't do, don't do that either. That you stay engaged and you find out what God will do. If someone just leaves, will you miss out on what God could do? 
Brian and Valerie came when I was just a young. They had been at the church two or three weeks when Pastor Dave Messer, the founding pastor of this church, was transitioning. They could have left, but they didn't. And we became great friends. And many of you are my friends. But I tell you this because in a transition, as new, they could have left. And many people who had been at the church a long time and knew Dave Metzger and he was older and I was younger, they just, they stayed. They stayed. You give God time and give the leadership time. Trust the leadership. Trust your life group leaders. Trust the community. Trust that God has you here for a reason, not just for you, but for others. Don't just abandon, right? You have to be very careful that you don't just leave in a transition, but that you would hear God, right? In a transition, this is the time to hear the Lord. This is the time for you to press into what God is saying for our church and you. And so even if you're new here, it's your first time, that doesn't mean you're not called here, right? But you, or if you've been here a long time. But trust, because God's going to bring a leader, and yes, you'll need to get to know that leader, and that leader will bring good changes, and you'll be able to get to know that leader and, and those changes and embrace what God is doing. I figure, let's just be honest, if, you know, years from now you don't like that leader, well, that's different, you know? No, I'm messing around, but that's different. Just, I don't know. I will go because I don't. don't. Listen to the Lord and trust and stay committed in community. That's what I would want. Anyways, I know it's hard sometimes to receive it from me, but I just want to say that. And so, uh, we don't just have district people here when this happens, okay? But, <laughs> Kelly is here. Kelly is here to help us. Um, he'll explain some of this, but this week we're going to interview people for, I'm sorry, not me, I'm sorry, they will. Let me explain that a little bit better. This week, the, the district will begin to interview people for this church to lead this church as the lead pastor. And um, the way that Foursquare works, and I believe it's a good trustworthy system, is we don't vote pastors in or out, but the district appoints. Just like I work with a team, but I'm responsible to lead us, so we believe that the district supervisor who's over me, Kimberly Dierman, is trustworthy to hear God. And if you don't know Kimberly, godly, integrous woman who hears the Lord, and the district is, has a team of people. Kelly partners with Kimberly in this, and they are so missional. They own this. Now, when a church is unhealthy, point from within, because they're so passionate that there be healthy, missional churches. But when there's a church like ours that's healthy, that's growing, that's, they, 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 they'll consider appointing from within, and they'll consider those options as well as appointing from without. And so those are considerations right now. I don't have details for you right now. Um, but my, well, and I know that can be difficult. But we will let you know as soon as we can. We'll let you know as soon as we know. But we're working very hard. Kelly and I have been meeting, uh, Kimberly, and we're getting those interviews going this week. They're v- being very diligent. And I, and I pray, I hope, that it would be by December that we would know and you would know, and that we would move things forward. Um, but I trust, and I've met with them recently. I already trusted them, and then I met with them, and they told me a number of things. And boy, as a pastor, it really helped me to trust. Because I want you to understand that though it's not my authority to decide, though, though, though I can't control, I want to, 
But I, w- I have done and I will do whatever I can to influence, to inform, to help sh- make sure the district knows who we are and, and, to, and, to, and to foster that conversation. It's not in any way like somebody coming from the outside who doesn't know us or doesn't have our values and just coming in here and we're like the big boss and we're just going to tell you. We, we can trust that they will listen, and they have. We can trust that they will, they will lead appropriately. We can trust that they can see down the road. Because it's not just about two or three months or a year of transition. Sometimes we think, you know, you know what's it going to look like for a few months? It's really not about that. It's about 10, 20 years down the road. It's about a church like this moving forward missionally until Jesus returns. Amen? And so we have to think like that. We have to think, what is the best for this church? And that's why, though I wanted to tell you today, believe me, I was trying to, you know, make it happen. I wanted to tell you, hey, we made a decision. Or, you know, not me, but the district made a decision, and here's who the next pastor is. I wanted to do that, but I couldn't. And I had to let go, and I still have to let go. And I trust, I really do trust them. And I'm just, I'm just dialoguing with them. Hey, this is who we are. This is our vision. This is, this is, you know, this, this, this. And they're asking me questions, and they're, they're helping us to understand how this can, can move forward the right way. And they do this. They transition churches. This is not the first time that a pastor has been sent out, right? This is not the first time that these things have needed to happen. And other churches can trust the Lord. We can trust the Lord. Other churches have seen fruit from Foursquare's leadership. It's one of the reasons we're part of this denomination, because of the covering and the support and not controlling. They give a lot of freedom, but they come in in times like this to cover and hold us accountable. And other churches have trusted Foursquare, and it's been fruitful. Okay, one more thing. As my wife and I said to our own kids, it's okay to be sad. It's okay right now if you don't, have, don't even know what you're feeling. It's okay if you're mad. It's okay if you want to punch me. Please don't. But it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Those are the emotions that you're going through. We're, all, we're not about being fake around here. Tears don't mean you're not trusting the Lord. But don't let your fear, or don't let fear in, I guess is what I'm trying to say, but trust the Lord. But it's okay to grieve. It's okay if you don't even know what you think about this right now. I'll let you catch up, right? But what I want you to know is that we will continue to be here to support you. The next two months or so gives us time to talk. It gives us time to hang out. It gives us time to say, you know, goodbye. It gives us, it gives you time to send us. We're not just, we're out of here. We're not out of here. And then let me tell you something too. I got one more series for you. I got a word from the Lord for the next two months. I'm going to preach the word to you. So don't just check out because I got a word. And if you leave, no, not that you would. I don't mean to harp on that. But if you leave, you're going to miss out on the prophetic word of the Lord. I got a word from the Lord. I'm going to build you up. And I want you to send us. I want to be sent. And I want you to come and visit and do missions as we reach out to a community that's hurting, an urban community. All right. So I love you. I recognize there's a lot of it's got to sort it out. Before we leave, Kelly is going to come and correct everything, correct anything wrong I said. No, come on up, Kelly. I'm joking. And then Tom Ward is going to lead us in prayer.
Yeah. Should be on there. Is it on now? There we go. Yeah, so I get to follow that. Isn't that fun for me? Um, most people don't like change. How many, who, who likes change in here? Raise your hand if you like change. You're like, oh, oh so you're the adventurous ones. <laughs> you're like, bring it on. Come on. The, the, the group of people that really likes change are babies. They're the really only ones that really like change. They're like, change me often, change me, make me clean. But most people don't care for change. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and change can be hard. And depending on where you're at in life, depending on your background, your history, your experiences, you can be feeling all sorts of emotions. And I want to acknowledge that now. Um, psychologists and sociologists have laid out what they call the stages of grief. There's anger, there's disappointment, um, there's denial, there's sadness, there's hurt. So depending on what you've experienced in the past, you're going to be feeling a, a, a myriad of feelings right now. Maybe you've experienced abandonment in your life when you were younger. Maybe your mom or a dad or somebody abandoned you. And right now, all those feelings are starting to come up, going, and you're going, oh, no, here we are again. Maybe you're the adventurous type, like some of the folks that raise their hand, like, yeah, bring it on, change. And you're like, let's send him, let's go, because you're excited about what the possibilities of what can happen. All those feelings are real. And as Pastor Dave has already said, let me encourage you. The worst thing you can do is pull away, because you're going to miss what God can and will do. All right? Pastor Dave was right on when he said it. He's not saying stay here just because he needs numbers, because we need a church that looks full. That's not it. He genuinely cares for you, as do we as a four-square movement, care for you to experience the miraculous in your life. And if you hang in, guess what? You're going to see it. Because guess who cares about this church more than he does? Jesus. Amen. See, you're called the bride of Christ. You may not know this, but if you read in Scripture, the church, that's us. Not just this building, not just this group, but the entire body of believers. It's called the, the, the bride of Christ. Jesus loves you. And he wants to see this congregation be exactly who he's created and called it to be. And so don't pull back. Engage. Engage and watch God work through this process and do miraculous things. In addition to, you're going to have the opportunity. One of, one of the things I love about being here today is I come into all sorts of situations in churches. I come into really hard situations in churches. I've had to come in on a Sunday morning, and I'm the guy, and there's no pastor there. And the church is going, who the heck are you, bald man? And I have to say, we have removed your pastor because of a moral failing or because of this, that, and the other. I don't have to do that today. Praise God. This, is, this will be, though you're sad now or you're anxious now, this can be a time of celebration. Amen. A chance to grow. A chance to plant. And the Bible tells us this. Some plant, some water, and some reap. You're going to have the opportunity to plant and see the fruit in the future, not just here in Glendora and in the, the Foothill area, but, but out in St. Louis. Now you're going to have friends out in Missouri, and aren't you excited to go to Missouri? <laughs> go in the summer, then you'll be praying for them. <laughs> How does this process work? 
Well, thankfully, again, this is not an urgent matter where we need to have a pastor in here today because of a a negative situation. Now we have time to do this right and to identify the anointed leader for this congregation. And our role, this is where, when it gets exciting to be part of the Foursquare family. There are many independent churches, and maybe you've come from an independent church. When this kind of situation rises up, independent churches tend to go, oh no, now where do we look? Who, who, who do we look to? And their circles are rather small. You, you have the opportunity and you have the ability to tap into our Foursquare movement, as I mentioned, around the world. And I say around the world because recently we just appointed a pastor here in Southern California from Africa. And I thought, a pastor from Africa pastoring a church in Southern California? How's that going to work? And once we spent time with the congregation and once we spent time with him and he came in and ministered, that church is already in one month tripled in size. There's a revival taking place in this congregation. Now, I know some of you, are you looking at Africa to have somebody pastor us? No, not necessarily. All right. But we are open to say, Lord, who have you been preparing to take this congregation to the next level? From glory to glory, from faith to faith, all right? So what is my role? Some of you might be going, okay, so Kelly, who are you and what is your role? My role is this, really to do like Samuel did in the Old Testament when he was looking to anoint a king to, to rule over Israel. My responsibility is to come in and go, Lord, who have you appointed to lead this congregation. And in the same way that Samuel came in and he came into the town and he went into the house of Jesse and he said, hey, bring, bring me your sons. And, and Samuel was corrected by the Lord because he began to look at the sons and go, ooh, that, that one looks king-like. Got big muscles, long blonde hair, looks like Thor. He must be like a king, you know. And the Lord had to correct Samuel, say, no, 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 no. You're looking on the, go, go read it in the Old Testament. Didn't say anything about Thor. But... He said, stop looking at the outer appearance. Look the way I look. Look at the heart. And so I have to take the posture of Samuel and go, okay, Lord, I need to find the heart for this congregation. Not just the most qualified, but the person you have anointed to lead this congregation. And thank God Samuel didn't pick one of those other brothers because David became the greatest king of all of Israel. David was called a man after God's own heart. Because of David, his lineage led to Jesus. So see, I take the responsibility, the Samuel responsibility, very seriously. Because who knows who God may be raising up to see this congregation attain and become exactly who God's created it to be. All right? And so... We are sitting and working with your church council and your church leadership. And my first responsibility is to get a profile. I want to know who you are. And I have a a framework by which I look at churches and I look at leaders that are going to be coming in. And I take that framework and I hold it loosely and I say, with the help of our leadership and with the appointment of our district, we say, who is this leader who is anointed by God? And then we, after we work with that church council, we submit that name to the governing board of Foursquare, and the governing board of Foursquare says, we endorse this person to lead this congregation. And then there will be an announcement that we will all get to celebrate. We'll invite you and say, okay, come this Sunday because we're going to announce who the new pastor of New Community Church is going to be. Now, I can't say exactly if that's going to be next week or December because we now have to go through a process. And so I encourage you to hang in there and ask, I ask you to do this. Would you please pray for your leadership? 
Pray for your church council. Pray for your ministry leaders. Pray for Kimberly Dearman, who's our district supervisor. Pray for myself and pray for our Foursquare leaders that we would have wisdom to identify God's anointed person to lead this congregation. How many of you will commit to say, I'm going to pray for this process? That's all, that's all I'm asking right now. Please, I say, pray for this process. Yeah. God, with hand, hold your hand up. Lord, we lift up our hands, you, and we agree that we will pray and contend during this process that the right man or woman of God that you have anointed to lead this congregation into the next season will be identified by our leadership clearly without any doubt confirmed by your Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. We commit to that today. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for committing to that. You're going to get to know me because I'm going to be with you over the next few weeks and the next few months and give you reports and talk to you about the things that are going on. Pastor Dave, do you have any other questions before I release it back to you? Um, I think you mentioned, oh, by the way, let me clarify because you did mention, because some of you are organizational people and you're going, okay, how does this work? Foursquare has a system called a modified Episcopal system. What that simply means is we have chosen years ago when this denomination was established, we looked at Scripture and we said, okay, what is the best way to govern or organize according to Scripture? Some churches have interpreted Scripture and said, we believe in democracy and that the congregation votes. We feel that that is the best way to to lead or govern the churches. Foursquare chose to go more the New Testament route and chose an apostolic system. And that is pastors are appointed under an apostolic leadership. They're appointed to churches. So the congregation doesn't vote on a popularity or or a man or a woman who comes in here and they're a great speaker. And then you go, oh, man, he was good. I vote for him. He's handsome. He shaves his head so good. I think he'd be the great guy. No. Right, brother? You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> the row here. <clears throat> we don't go on a popularity contest. We seek the Lord. And there are men and women of God who are in the role of apostolic leaders of our movement who are praying and contending for the leadership of this congregation. Now, we don't just do it blindly. We work with your church council. That's why it's important for the congregation to be connecting and communicating with the church council and the leaders of your church so that your hearts can be heard. So I'm working directly with your church council to understand the heart of this church so that we would appoint and anoint the right person to lead. So that's what an apost- or I'm sorry, that's what a modified Episcopal uh, government or system is. Your pastors are appointed. So does that help a little bit? All right, any other questions at this point? Okay, why don't you wrap us up? We'll be talking some more in the weeks and months to come, okay? And uh, just so you guys know really quick before Tom closes in prayer, uh, church council, Brian Pena, is your hand. Uh, Cheryl, t- go ahead and stand up. Cheryl, Cheryl, you're over there. I believe Carol Howell is not here. Tom Marin, can you please stand up? Just to make sure you guys remember. Also, the executive team, Kurt and Rachel, can you stand up? Tom is here. Debbie's probably not in the room, right? So you guys know Tom, Deb, Kurt, Rachel, Michelle, you know Michelle. And this is the council. This is the executive team. These are the primary leaders, elders, and deacons of our church. There are other leaders, life group and ministry leaders. These are the primary ones that we're hearing the Lord and on everything that we're directing, okay? Go ahead and take a seat, guys. Thank you, guys. Uh, I love you. Tom, you want Michelle up here? 
The word of the Lord tells us from 1 Samuel 15, 22. Obedience is better than sacrifice. David's not sacrificing us like in we've been seeing most recently on TV with this I can't even pronounce the group with the cutting of the beheadings. It's not that kind of a sacrifice. This is a sacrifice of sweet incense as unto the Lord. And at the same time, he's being obedient to the word of the Lord. Sam, you have those scriptures for me? Put up the first one. I don't very often say, thus saith the Lord. But as I prayed and prepped for this, there's two words that the, thus saith the Lord is going to happen. One for Dave and Michelle, and one for the body. And the first one says, out of Joshua 1, verse 8. And this is for Dave and Michelle. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe it to do according to all that it is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. That's pretty hard to argue with, isn't it? Okay, and then the word of the Lord for us. Sam is next. I have not come, and we know, that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. So when we reflect back on this sweet sacrifice of obedience today, in the remaining time that Dave and Michelle are with us, that's our promise. We can look at that, that that's our promise. And Dave and Michelle can look back and say, that's our promise too. Uh, Kurt and Rachel, would you come forward? We're going to pray for Dave and Michelle. I felt so humbled and so honored to be able to do this today. This is not the end. This is just like the beginning of the end. Can I say that? (laughs) Right? 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 Okay, this is good. We're all laughing. This is good. Yeah. Kurt, did you have a, a word or no? Okay, Rachel? Um, I'm one of the people that likes change. So the first thing I heard, the first thing that I thought was, that's so awesome. The second thing was, I'm going with them. <laughs> that's not happening, don't worry. Um, no, that's not happening. God shut that one down in like five minutes. But... um. I just want to validate what, who you are here, and thank you for leading us. You're not gone yet, so I'm not sending you out yet, but, um, and I think it was the last series you said that you heard the Lord say, they will all be taught by God, and that's us. (laughs) We're not here to follow David and Michelle. We're here because we're all going to be taught by God. We're all being taught by God. So, um, and they're pleased to, to have us stay. The reason we're healthy is because we're taught by God. And the awesome thing is we have somebody who's leading us into that. So, um, I just want to thank you guys that you're obedient, that you're obedient here by staying here 
and that you're obedient by going. And um, what better way to lead somebody to be taught by God in faith and obedience than to do exactly what he's saying to do. So thank you. I don't believe in coincidence that the songs that we were singing today was a whole lot about water. Did you notice that? And you look on a map, where's St. Louis? Right next to water. Right? Right? And throughout Scripture, water is reflective of the Holy Spirit, the movement of the Holy Spirit. So I want you to reach your hands out. And if you need to, uh, get some tissue. Lord God, we thank you. Yeah, Kelly, come on up too. Lord God, we are so grateful for what you have started and what you are going to continue in us here at New Community and in Dave and Michelle in St. Louis. We are so blessed, Lord. So honored to be a part of this, this pathway that you have started us on. That Lord God, as we are obedient to you, that you will move on our behalves and in Dave and Michelle's behalf. We thank you that through you, Lord God, we can do all things. We can do all things. We thank you, Lord, in your matchless holy name. Amen. Margie, um,